This is The Converse, an apostolic tabernacle podcast all about sharing the truth of God's Word. In this podcast, you will hear sermons, panel discussions, and much more. If you would like more information about this ministry or would like to plan your visit, go to atwilmington.com. For now, enjoy your time on The Converse. Praise the Lord, church. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Um, I can say this with all sincerity. I miss seeing the people of God. Uh, Being a part of this church is really a big part of who I am as a person. I'm just glad to be a part of this uh, this body of believers. Uh, I do want to go quickly to the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, The book of Matthew, which is our overarching theme uh, of this series, the book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. And then we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 19. If you have your Bibles, you want to keep that with you, we're going to read, read quite a few scriptures as we go through the lesson tonight. Uh, we'll be reading quite a few scriptures out of the book of First Kings. Uh, do give honor to Pastor Grizzle tonight. Thank you, sir. Uh, love and appreciate you very much. I uh, appreciate your leadership uh, through these unprecedented times that we are in. You've been doing an awesome job, and I greatly appreciate that. Uh, to all those who are watching online, uh, there's uh, Brother Glenn. Thank you for joining us online, and we're just glad that you're uh able to uh, be a part of this assembly tonight. Uh, thank my wife. Hallelujah. How you doing? I know that you're watching, and uh, thank you for doing that. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Very, very familiar scripture here. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. That is our series, God with us. Uh, very quickly, 1 Kings chapter 19, two verses there. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 and verse 12. Verses 11 and 12. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. A still, small voice is our uh, kind of subtopic tonight is experiencing God in the wilderness. Experiencing God in the wilderness. And I tell you, you can even thrive in the wilderness when the Holy Ghost is here. And it, I tell you what, the Spirit of God is here tonight. Let's pray and get into the Word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your presence that we felt already in this room. God, we know that uh, it doesn't matter. God, you are you are omnipresent. God, we know, God, that you are just wherever there's two or three gathered together, you are there. You are in the midst of your people, God. We thank you for those that are watching online. God, I pray, God, that there be no distractions. I pray, God, that they just be attentive to your word tonight, that they be blessed by the preaching and teaching of your word tonight. God, use me, God, as a vessel of honor. No glory unto men, but all glory be unto you. Oh, God, we thank you, we bless you, and we magnify your name, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you're seated at home, you may be seated. And um, thank you so much, Pastor Grizzle, for this opportunity. Um, Experiencing God in the wilderness. And uh, just that word, the wilderness, kind of makes you think of, uh, you know, kind of a bad situation. The wilderness, being alone, barren, uh, being without 
uh, hope, being just kind of out there alone, so to speak. And most of us, uh, if not all of us, if we had a choice, we choose the mountaintop over the wilderness any day. You know, we love the mountaintops. But, uh, you know, the wilderness is some places we have to go sometimes. We have to go to the wilderness or the valley, so to speak. And it's a place of testing. It's a place of trials. It's a place of hardship. It's a place of wondering and one, wondering and wondering what to do next. Uh, if anybody's ever been in the wilderness in their life, you know that it's not uh, very comfortable. But we know that if we put our trust in the Lord, he will get us through the wilderness. How many of you know he's the God of the valley and he's also God of the mountaintop? No matter where you are, amen, God is there. Um, on the mountaintop, we enjoy the presence of God, and it seems like, you know, you're on a mountaintop. You don't have a care in the world. Everything's going just fine. You know, the kids are acting right. You know, the, you know, the money's all right. Everything's going well. The car's running right. You know, everything's just perfect on the mountaintop. But in the wilderness, in the wilderness, you, see, you find yourself in a desperate need in desperate times, need of help, need of an answer, need of direction, need of purpose. Just, find, just need something from the Lord. And one thing's for certain, when, when we're in the wilderness, if we have any kind of faith, when you're in the wilderness, you find yourself leaning on the Lord even more. And it's your deepest need. When you have that deepest need, it becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on the Lord. Elijah, he learned this principle. God used Elijah in a, in a mighty way. Yet Elijah fell into depression and desperation. Jezebel had sent word to Elijah that she, he, she was going to kill him. She was going to kill him. First Kings chapter 19, verse 3 and 5. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. That's a bad situation. He requested that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. He said, it's enough. Just take my life. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you feel like you've had enough? As soon as you feel like, you know, things are going well, you got things, you got your, your finances are just beginning to look good, all of a sudden the car breaks down. All of a sudden the toilet overflows, you got to call the plumber. All of a sudden everything goes haywire. And sometimes you just feel like you had enough. You're on your job, everything's going well, and all of a sudden you get a new boss on the job. And this boss is not like the old boss. And somebody get, can I get an amen? This, this boss is mean-spirited. This, this boss has a bad attitude. And you've got to deal with it. And all of a sudden, you just say, oh, this is, this is enough. I've had enough. And you want to walk away. But please don't walk away from that job till you found another job. You know, so, but we've all been there. We've all been there. You've had enough. You understand that we all, you know, as humans, we go through things in life. You can handle a lot. But just one thing sometimes can push you over the edge. Elijah was a prophet, a true man of God. He stood down evil kick. King Ahab, he prophesied drought because of their sin. He stood down false prophets. He called fire from heaven. When he was hungry, he was fed by ravens. He prayed for rain, and God sent rain. God had shown himself to be mighty 
in this prophet's life. He protected him and he provided for him. But along comes an angry woman. Oh, I'm not going to go there. Along comes an angry woman by the name of Jezebel. And all of a sudden, Elijah just falls apart. When you look at Elijah, he seems exhausted. You know, he, had no, he felt like he had nowhere to go. He was running. He, you know, he was running for his life. You know, the scripture said he asked to die. It was, it was that bad. He was tired. Not just tired, he was depleted. He needed replenishment. Physically, but especially spiritually, he needed replenishment. And we've all been there. Sometimes you just get tired. Sometimes you get wore out. But I'm here to tell you, there's a God who will give you rest. There's a God who will give you peace. There's a God who will give you restoration. And I'm glad that we serve a God that's in the restoration business. I'm glad that we serve a God that can give us true rest. And that rest is found in the Lord. We know the scriptures, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down. He makes me to lie down. He restores my soul. Verse 5 and 6 in, in 1 Kings chapter 19 says, And as he, that is Elijah, lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. Verse 6, And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink. And the Bible says, And he lay down again. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is rest. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just wait on the Lord. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just be still and know that he is God. Be still. Don't try to fight the battles yourself. Don't try to take on the devil by yourself. Know that you've got a God who's fighting for you. Know that you've got a, a God who's on your side, and he's already gotten you the victory. He's already won the battle for you. Just wait on him. Be still and see the salvation of the Lord. The angel of the Lord came back in verse 7, 1 Kings chapter 19. If you have your Bibles there again, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him, touched Elijah, and said, get up and eat, for the journey is, is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Oreb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him again. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing? I've got a, a mission for you. What are you doing? Elijah didn't get it right the last time, but the Lord said, I'm coming again. I'm going to ask you, what are you doing? What good is this going to do? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. He made his need known. He was afraid but he brought his need to God. And your deepest need can be a gift when it drives you to God. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the, in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. There was wind, but the Lord was not in the wind. 
There was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in that earthquake. There was fire, but God was not in the fire. God was not in the extraordinary. He was in the ordinary. God was in the whisper. Sometimes we get overwhelmed by stress and anxiety. And we, we want to hear the voice of the Lord and we're expecting it to come in this great and mighty way. But sometimes God's voice is very still, very quiet. That's why it's so important that we just be still. Be still. When the enemy is raging all around you, when the voices in this world are so loud, just sit and wait on the Lord. Be still. Be still. Everything around you is raging. I want to tell someone tonight, the most spiritual thing that you can do is wait and be still. Why doesn't he speak to us in spectacular and powerful ways if he wants us to know him, if he wants us to experience him, if he wants us to trust him? You see, you have to understand that God is waiting on us. He's waiting on us to be still. He's waiting on us to stop fighting the battle ourselves. He's waiting on us to try to stop trying to figure it out on our own. He's waiting on us to stop trying to fight in our flesh. He's waiting on us to just be still. And in the stillness, when the raging is going on in your life, it's in the stillness that God speaks. And he speaks with a whisper. Why a whisper? Because God wants you to know tonight that he's always close, that he's always there. While the devil shouts lies, God whispers truth. When the noise of this world gets louder, God is calling us closer. He is with you tonight. He is with us tonight. The Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's Psalm 34 and 18. He's close to the brokenhearted. When you've got nowhere else to go, when you've done all that you can do, and all you can do is sometimes in the middle of the night, weep in the bed, weep over your children, weep over a bad report that you received from the doctor. But whose report are you going to believe? God says in Psalm 139, verse 7 through 10, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your hand will hold me fast. God is there in your wilderness tonight. God is there in your valley tonight. He knows what you're going through. I'd rather be in the wilderness with God than on the mountain without him. Your deepest need becomes a gift when you 
when you're driven to depend on the Lord. It's in the wilderness that we find him. It's in the wilderness that he calls out unto us. It's in our deepest need, church. When we've tried everything that we can try, when we've expended all of our resources, and we're down to nothing, that's when God can do his best work. Your deepest need, maybe you're watching tonight, I want to tell you your deepest need is salvation. That's your deepest need. And salvation doesn't come until we're broken. Salvation doesn't come until we have a contrite heart. When you have a contrite heart, the Lord will not reject you. Until we can see our need, we'll never know our provider. Perhaps you're at the place and you want to know him, but you feel so far away from him. There's a solution to that tonight. There's a solution to the separation. Sin keeps us separated from God, but Jesus has already provided us the solution. On Calvary's cross, he's, he shed his blood for us. There's a solution to the sin problem. Jesus is that solution. Jesus is that rock in a weary land. Jesus is that lily in the valley. Jesus is our answer tonight. And if you want to know him, you must obey him. The book of Acts chapter, 20, chapter 2 verse 38 says exactly what we need to do. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's how we're experiencing him in the wilderness. When you've got the Holy Ghost, not only will you experience him, but you will thrive. You will thrive. There will be joy. There will be contentment. There will be peace. I'm not telling you that all your problems will go away. I'm not telling you that you won't have experience, hardship, and letdown. But I'm telling you that the God of the mountaintop is also the God of the wilderness. And he will be with you and in you, giving you strength and power to overcome every adversity, every oppression, every depression. He will give you the strength to overcome it. You see, it's in the wilderness where John the Baptist preached, and many came unto him. It's in the wilderness where Ezekiel preached to dead bones, and they came alive. It's in the wilderness where Jesus was tried and tested, and he came out like pure gold. It's in the wilderness where God will show himself mighty in your life, but we must obey him. We must obey him. We must obey his gospel. We must be born again of the water and of the spirit. God bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to visit us at atwilmington.com. We will see you next time on The Converse.